la 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 no i'm ready man no you're not you're not gonna become macy's here and bring in christmas fucking april say man. i i worked at macy's for fucking four years and Christmas it was crazy. Is, yeah, Christmas begins like in August. I thought that now. was just a New York thing. No, it's a Macy's thing. And it's annoying. The cult of Macy's. We recording? And we recording. Let's go. Alright, everybody. My name is Chibi. My name is Rooster. And this is After Two Tequila Shots, the show where we talk about current events after taking two tequila shots. It is uncensored, unfiltered, unpredictable, but always distilled. We in here. We've been here. Chibber, how you feeling? <sighs> you know what? Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I, yeah. I I have been highly productive. Very like cool. look look at look at my fucking list. Okay. Oh. List. Ooh. Pages. Boom. Pages. You see those tick marks? X out. Yeah. Ticked. Off, like get it done. That's right. You know what? The one thing on this list that hasn't been ticked off this podcast work on your manuscript. Uh. Yeah, didn't get to it, but uh, cleaned the whole house, uh, did a whole bunch of laundry, you know, re- re- did a little bit of remodeling in the bathroom, just a little bit, touch, yeah. just touch organization. So she's uh, she's feeling good. How are you feeling? I'm not bad. It's been a <laughs> lovely do nothing weekend. So you've been productive, I've been the opposite, mm-hmm. uh, and the weather has been fantastic. Fantastic. I lost power. Oh, yeah, because of the, yeah. We had a, like, serious storm a couple week, a couple days ago, and I lost power, and, like, I live in the medical center, right? So Mm -hmm. usually, like, when I lose power, it's back up real quick. Right. You know, because... There's hospitals yeah. and whatnot, and so it it's been a minute since I lost power for for more than like I don't know twenty minutes less. Mm. Usually it's like a couple minutes, mm. and then it comes back on. Nope, it was it was definitely close to two hours that I had no power, mm. and uh, uh, it, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. <laughs> and it turns to, into a, the Last of Us situation. My my, my iPad was dead. Mm. Um, the Wi-Fi was gone. Sure. My phone was the only thing in the house with cellular data. Um, and it was at 60%. Mm. And my external battery pack was dead mm. also. And my husband is out of town mm-hmm. and gone with the car. So I couldn't even like go into the car to like charge my phone and the generator that we have is in the trunk of the car. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't even, you know, I guess I'll, I'll read, I'll read for a little bit, but then like the sun was going down. So I'm like, I'm going to read by candlelight. I think I don't know. And then the power came back and I was like, Oh, thank Jesus. Yeah. You were like in the 1980s for like an hour and then like the 1500s for like another hour with my candlelight yeah and then that was it and then that was and then it was back and it was fine and we watched an episode of succession and like oh my god succession Anywho, i need to start that you definitely need to start that i'm glad i started it so late in the series to where mm. i was able to like binge a lot of it but mm-hmm. we're a couple that's the best way to binge or to watch stuff i think I'm, i hate being like early in on something that's good mm. and then have to wait that's uh, i'm not a fan of that. i i mostly because i have really bad memory and yeah. so like if i have to wait a whole week to like watch something and then Let alone I'll, two years or something? Yeah, yeah exactly i'm like wait what the fuck happened yeah who is this person i'm confused mm-hmm. uh, but yeah welcome everybody this is After Two Tequila Shots. My name is Chibi. I'm a poet, publisher, producer, performer, and community organizer. And I have the taste of Mexico in my belly because I made albondigas for lunch, which are not meatballs. No, they're very not. 
Uh, my name is Rooster Martinez. I am a poet in person uh, on planet Earth, and I'm happy to be here. Damn it. Uh, what are we drinking? You're giving me poet person on planet Earth vibes right now with this like little white button down and then these like wooden bead necklace. I had to, give, like, I had to do did it. Did you to go him. to the temple this morning? No. Have you been meditating? No, I just had to give, I had to show the people that the sun is out and uh-huh. uh, your boy is going to be comfy. That's right. Uh, you you also like got, you, you groomed this week. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Let him know. She's quaff. Quaff. Yeah. Shaved a little bit, you know. Yeah. Let's not, talk about this tequila. I need another shot of this one because um, I don't know. I'm. You don't know? I don't know. This is one of my favorite. Ter- really? Yes. This is up there for me. Go, 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 go. Okay, that's good. I'll sip on it. To, I've seen the bottle before. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the brand. I think. Actually, this might be the first time I'm drinking this one, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. But I saw the bottle, I think at my parents' house. My mother might have been using it as a planter. So I saw it uh, at the store. I'm like, all right, uh, let's try it. This is Tres Generaciones. Wait. Yep. And that was my American tongue that said that. This is Tres Generaciones. Generaciones. Uh, reposado, of course. Yeah. This is a, a tequila that I believe it was my grandfather always was like, that's the, the best. Mm. And then uh, I don't mind it. Actually, I think I, I'd like the regular Nato Reposado. Yeah, I was going to say the- It's pretty flat for a Reposado. The smoke, well- I was feeling the opposite. I felt like the smoking, like wood, mm. woodiness of it was a bit Much. too forward. Mm. Huh. It's got a sweetness at the front end. Uh huh. I don't know. I'm on the fence on this one. Okay. It's, I, I don't know. I'll say it this way it's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to buy it again. Mm. Okay. Which is sad. But, but you like it. Tell me more. What what did your you said your grandfather, your father? Grandfather used to always say this is uh, one of the better tequilas uh, that are out there. But uh, I think for me, I just this is I think you and I separate on tequila a little bit because we both appreciate tequila similarly. But you tend in in terms of like taste to go more for like those uh, brighter noted yeah. kind of robuster tequilas mm-hmm. i like to go for that more like almost like ether agave jose cuervo tequila type yeah. vibe and and just sort of elevate that and i think that's what this is this is almost like elevated jose cuervo interesting i'm getting like some citrus yeah. kind of notes in here um, and it stays on the tongue more than like the warmies it does oh it lingers mm-hmm. it's lingering Okay, which may help us. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> because uh, last week, <laughs> I don't yeah. think that taste lingered, and we were like, more, more, more. And None then, of that uh, lingered. It put us in the people's elbow. <laughs> yeah, we got the people's elbow last week. Uh, but let's talk about what's been going on this week. Yeah. Get that applause button ready, because it's about to go down. Yes. Major news events recap of the week. Let's go. So I I thought it was really funny. You know, last week on the pod, we were talking about the settlement that yes. Fox had to do. Right. The three quarters of a billion dollar settlement and why that happened and the contributing factors and all of that jazz. And then literally the next day when this pod dropped, news broke that Tucker Carlson was fired. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. 
Yeah, no, some of that too. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy, but don't fuck that guy. But don't fuck that guy. Um, so lost his job on his day off. Hate to see it. Wow. But uh, well, he was supposed to work that day. He got fired the day before before his shift started. Fired via email. Uh, uh, the word was that it was early production of his show, like. Uh, the way that I guess his show is set up, uh, it was that regular Monday, you know, employees are working, they're prepping for the show as normal mm-hmm. until eventually he got the call uh, saying, hey, man, uh, no, you don't you, 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 you don't work here no more. Oh, you got to go. And you're going to be escorted by security out of the building yeah. sort of deal. Um, I mean, one, let's let's kind of break it open two ways. One. There's the why do you think it happened? Like him losing his job happening thing happened. And then there's the whole Tucker Carlson conversation. Um, I, I don't know if this was because of Dominion. There's some rumors speculating as to it having to do with him saying the C word too much on the job or uh, belittling women on the job, including women in positions of power above him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very striking to see Fox News fire their bread and butter mm. guy. And they've since felt the ramifications with their stock prices just dropping. Sure. Uh, viewership dropping. Uh, so I don't by, know. If it, by like a, a third or like two thirds or something like that. It was huge. Um, why it happened? I think it's been said it's Rupert Murdoch, right? That, the, owns, yes. that owns. Yeah. Uh, the Murdochs are with you until they're not. I do think that three quarters of a billion dollars is going to push people is, it, you know, it might um, antagonize folks and it might rub them the wrong way. And when you sit down and look at like why this lawsuit was brought about, it was mostly because of the bullshit that Tucker Carlson was spewing, you know? Yeah. And they just said. Adios. You know, and this the thing is, like, it happened before, right, with Bill O'Reilly in the in the exact same time slot where they were behind Bill O'Reilly. They supported Bill O'Reilly until like, you know what, you're more trouble than you actually, you know, uh, are worth. And we got to let you go. Mm -hmm. And that's how Tucker Carlson got his slot. And at the time it was like, oh, no, you can't replace Bill O'Reilly. He is the reason people watch fox and then you know carlson came in and just it all kind of like stayed the same and so it was like no it's actually people watch fox for fox uh not for a single personality i do think that there is a kind of cult of personality around uh tucker carlson that fox has seen the ramifications of i think it looks a little haste in terms of the way that they did it, because they're now rotating hosts or something like that. Doing the Daily Show type deal. Yeah, yeah I uh, I don't. <laughs> this may come as no surprise to anyone listening to this podcast, but I don't watch Fox News. So, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, what who exactly is hosting or if it's every other day or every week or whatnot. So, yeah, you, they're going to see a dip in ratings for a hot minute as they try to figure out what the fuck they're doing. But then as soon as, like, they land somebody in there, everyone's just going to go right back. 
It's interesting, you know, you called it the cult of personality that is Tucker, because Tucker does not have a personality, in my opinion. Like, that dude is white milk on white bread on white toast. Yeah, but that's why it's... On top of a racist KKK Klansman. And and his audience is a whole bunch of dudes on that are white milk on white bread on white toast. And I think that segues into the Tucker Carlson of it, because I feel like, you know, there's been direct links between what Tucker says on his show and white supremacy organizations. Mm. And I also think that Tucker has tapped into the middle America paranoia that Mm. I also think Trump taps into. Did not tap into, stoked it, actively (sighs) stoked I mean, they they turned the paranoia into a fervor. We'll say that. We'll say the paranoia was stoked into a fervor, into this sort of outrage machine. The the great, what do they call it? The great replacement? The great replacement theory was a big proponent for that. And for those who don't know what that is, it's essentially this weird racist philosophy that white people in middle America are afraid that if you let in too many immigrants or if white people don't populate enough or procreate enough, uh, that eventually... They're going to be minorities and in, 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 in statistical minorities in the United States. Replaced by people of color right. in the United States, which also, small side note, the term people of color is just something used in the United States. The mm-hmm. rest of the world doesn't use that right. because they just see people as, you know. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, also, it's, it's this really, there was this comedian, I forgot who it was, who said it that just because white people become the minority like it doesn't mean that like you know minorities now are just all on some sort of unified (laughs) front that now it's like oh we got this now like no it's like y'all are still in in many ways the majority it isn't the senate where like we've got 51 votes to 49 votes and now all of a sudden like we've taken over like it doesn't Mm -hmm. work that way (laughs) and this has sort of been why tucker has been at the head of so much hateful rhetoric that's come out of recent years, whether it's anti-trans bills or anti-trans rhetoric, whether it's discussions on immigration and and uh, the crisis at the border. Uh, he stoked that paranoia mm-hmm. in, uh, that, that's in the middle of this country mm-hmm. uh, to a fervor where now white people who I do think need help uh, who are f- falling behind in terms of education, in terms of, of opportunity, in, ter- in terms of infrastructure for the rural places they live, mm-hmm. or just small smaller cities across the United States uh, whose textile industries have left and vanished. Uh, you know, coal mining and stuff like that is starting to slow down and, and be replaced with green energy. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they do have <clears throat> legitimate fears about mm-hmm. the changing cultures around them, but they don't ever, ever look at the people that they elect, which are usually Republicans who yeah. are always against Against their best interests. And like if if we could for a moment like look past the smoke and mirrors that is racism mm-hmm. and actually acknowledge that it's classism mm-hmm. that is at work here, then I think a lot of folks would realize folks are living similar lived experiences and it has nothing to do with race. It has to do with like where you are in the world in terms of this class system that has been established, right? And that if you work together as a class of people versus as a race of people, you could actually do things to better yourselves and to better your your uh, standing in this world. And to I don't know, like this is Tucker, I will say this about Tucker Carlson. His show was an absolute masterclass 
in manipulating the narrative. Yeah. Because he, he always asks questions. He never like a Hannity comes out and says, mm-hmm. this is what's wrong. And, and sort of mm-hmm. tries to take the charge with his weird oblong shaped football head. Um, <laughs> Tucker hey, Arnold. Yeah. Right. Um, Tucker, however, he was very much at this, you know, it's, it's, it, he, he always frames things under this context of debate. Like mm. when can we even debate about these things? Well, these, these debates aren't happening or this is just a rational Are they debate. trying to replace us. Yeah. And, and then it's like, but you're, but everything with him is in bad faith. And that's a big lesson that the majority of, of people don't even know what that means. Mm. Like people in, in across middle America don't understand, like the person who is speaking to you through your little TV receptacle does not have your best interest. They, yeah. they, they, they keep you glued by keeping you shocked and afraid. Yeah. And um, because this is as much as I want to spend on this podcast, talking about uh, Tucker Carlson, Tucker. speaking about things that people don't know what it means. Let's shift gears to prop a, yeah, that's I I, I got this great little flyer uh, in the this mail. Is this is local mailer. San Antonio news for those who aren't here, but it's a big deal. Yeah, and I think it also resonates to national conversations that Absolutely. are being happening. So because there's also a big push against Prop A, uh, voting is happening right now. Uh, early voting has ended, and I believe May sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Early voting May no. Early voting goes on until May second. Oh, okay, right on. So I need to get on that. Yeah, I saw you did. So kudos to yes, Chibi already voted by the time this pod drops you will have one day maybe two uh to go early vote but then actual voting happens on may 6 san antonio is currently having an election it's mostly may mayor and some district candidates i know terry castillo district five shout out to her yes 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 and city city council district uh candidates and then prop a what prop a is trying to do is to Take the rights and reduce the burden of the criminal justice system by creating a safer, more equitable San Antonio for all. I'm reading off of this mailer because this mailer is co-signed by Planned Parenthood, Move Texas, Texas Organizing Project, uh, the Bear County Demo- Democrats, Acts for Life, the Bear County Young Democrats, mm-hmm. uh, Mi Gente, Radical Registers. And I'm going to chime in real quick and just say... Green Party of Texas. All like, that is part of the problem. Not a problem with Prop A, because I am for Prop A. But I think I, with the Tucker Carlson element of it all, this is people hear all that and they immediately shut down. Mm. Again, this is Democratic equals socialist equals, you know, turn, don't keep the California out of my Texas is mm-hmm. the slogan uh, that gets kicked around. And this is what they see. It's sort of they, they see it as a pro crime bill, a pro uh, an anti anti-police, anti-security, anti-law and order mm. proposition. And mm. it's really not that. It's just that we it's overwork not. police yeah. f- for menial things. Not just police, but the entire criminal justice system it. is right. overworked, overstressed. And sure, this is a way to kind of alleviate that problem. Uh, By making smaller offenses like graffiti. I found it really interesting that... Into finable offenses. I, I found it really interesting that our mayor actually came out against this proposition. But, uh, okay, wait. Let's get into what it is. Yeah. You know, then, and then how we feel about it. So this bill, Proposition A, aims to do un- four major things. One, decriminalize abortion. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... 
the state of Texas is trying to be fascist and police women's bodies. Exactly. Two, it also decriminalizes marijuana on a very small scale. On a decriminalizes it more than it already is. Yeah. Removes yeah. the possibility of jail time and fines for possessing small amounts of marijuana and protects veterans and people with chronic pain and prohibits police officers from using the smell of marijuana as probable cause for search. Three, it creates a um, it goes on justice and accountability. So it bans no knock warrants and chokeholds. Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree that that feels like a good thing. And then it creates a new justice director position to provide accountability for all these new propositions that are being put in place. Right. And then lastly, it codifies sight and release. There's already a kind of like sight and release, like generally understood. We will all abide by this. But this just codifies it in the laws for, like you were saying, small offenses, um, like uh, any theft or vandalization that is under $750. Um, it just goes to relieve the strain that is currently on our criminal justice system and also minimize the life devastating impact that jail time has on small town, small time offenses of people that could just be fined and move on with their lives and make better choices or maybe, you know, just got caught up in something for for a second. So that's essentially what it does. How do we feel about it? Go. I mean, I'm very much pro Prop A. I There's also a lot of fine details in Prop A that I also think are important to the conversation because people who are against Prop A also do not really understand the reach of Prop A. So, for instance, decriminalizing marijuana, decriminalizing abortion, this is good in, I mean, just it is good. But <laughs> um, there, it's already been sort of pushed back against a little bit by the Bear County DA, I believe, who said that ultimately San Antonio cannot go against state laws on these things. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, it does sort of, again, that codifying of these these positions that San Antonio as a city stands on, I think, is important, one. And then two, that way, if for some reason we did have a more conservative mayor or a more conservative, um, uh, you know, district attorney or whatever the case may be, it limits their ability to to sort of upend this unless they uh, obviously threw another prop, you know, for the vote. Mm -hmm. Um so there's that, but there's there's really not much they can do if there was a police officer who did decide to go and really arrest someone for any of these offenses. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one. The second thing is uh, this idea of citing and releasing as sort of a bad thing. Again, police, many police officers want this because they are overworked in this, you know, paperwork written system where everything gets documented, you know, juries, judges, all this for smaller infractions. Um, it's a waste of time. Mm. And I think that beyond those three elements, the the main takeaway is that position of uh, it was what the justice, uh, the justice director, position. the justice director position, which I do think is great uh, because again, it's sort of my big issue with police, and I don't know if we want to get into all this, is the abolish uh, police, abolish the carceral state of it all. But I believe one of the main things that is missing from most police force is positions where people connect community with mm -hmm. justice, with punishment, with 
rehab in certain cases. Mm. Uh, uh, Which, to be clear, this position, this justice director position that is being created, uh, the person that's going to be filling it cannot be part of the justice system. Like exactly. that's one of the requirements that it is someone that is removed from the justice system so that they can have a objective third person perspective on it. Exactly. And I think that is, is really why I'm behind it more than everything else mm -hmm. to touch on a number of things. Like the first, the first two thoughts on decriminalizing marijuana, decriminalizing abortion and how like, Oh, you can't enforce it because your state currently, you know, like mm -hmm. enforces it. States have proven that. That they can. We have a number of states in this country that have decriminalized marijuana, have legalized marijuana, even though federally it is still a crime. That is the whole point of the way that this um, system of government has been set up into where local government has authority over its local areas. And it goes from local to county to state to, to, to national federal things. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is not the Republican Party, the party that stands uh, decentralized government. Yeah. You one would think, right? Yeah, I mean, that's on their platform, right? To where, like, take power away from, you know, the White House and, you know, the Capitol and the, the federal government and give it back to the people. Is that not what they, you know, like, shout about? It's on their, it's on their uh, stationery. It's on... Uh, <laughs> It's on their, their hoodies that they print out and sell. That's, yeah. yeah, but but that's the thing about – I hate being this guy because I feel there's too many of them. But I, it's that thing of there is a – not secret because it sounds conspiratorial. <laughs> but a, a quiet – we'll say quiet. Quiet. A quiet kind of push for more autocratic and fascistic control. Fascistic. Fascistic control. Of, uh, of 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 not just systems of 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 actual control and policing of people, but then systems as well, like the deconstruction of the education system mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. the, our, our you know distrust of democracy itself. You know what what more can they attack at this point? Yeah. Uh, while still saying we're against big government and people believe it. Yeah. Anti-big government, but also big government is going to rule you. And then on the other points of the the site and release, the the offenses that they have listed on there are nonviolent offenses. They are small, petty. I think it's officially called like petty crimes. Mm -hmm. um, and we have seen time and time again how jail time can ruin a person's life when it didn't have to be that way. Um, Faylita Hicks, friend of the pod, always welcome is writing an entire memoir about it, but also experienced that in their time in San Marcos, where they were jailed for more than a month because of a bounced check of under $25 mm -hmm. and they couldn't afford bail and they lost their house. They lost their car. They lost their job. They lost everything because of a bounced check of less than $25 when it could have just been a citation. And they actively campaigned for a site and release codification in San Marcos. And that happened and shout out to them for making that happen. But it's, it's an example of how, Write a motherfucker a ticket and just move the fuck on because it is better for that person. They learn that. Look, I've gotten plenty of tickets in my life and I was like, cool, never speeding again. Mm -hmm. I can't in afford Castle this Hills. shit. I don't know. <laughs> fuck all that. <laughs> and then 
to your point on the justice, on the strain on the justice system as well, it's like that's less work for the police officers. They can actually spend time working on shit that is actually harming people on a grander scale. And I'm going to say this, man. I think that there's this this kind of communal rejection of community that's happening <laughs> in this weird way. And, okay. and this is what I mean. You know what? It, it, there's people who are like, well, now graffiti artists can go run rampant and now they're only no, going to get a slap can't. on the wrist. Well, listen, communities need to heal themselves. You need to know your fucking neighbor. You need to know the kids who are out there. You need we need better communities, period. Because, again, more often than not, when you know who people are who are doing these things, you know their parents, you know any of that, mm -hmm. uh, it, it breeds and fosters better social conditions mm. to where that little shit doesn't happen. Yeah. And 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 none of that is happening. It's just sort of. Let's stop spending money on keeping people in jail because that costs yeah. a lot of fucking money. And let's start spending money on creating community centers, on building after school programs, yeah. on, you know. Giving them yeah. walls to go spray paint. Yeah. Like, damn. Or canvases yes. you know like giving them actual you know, ways in which that they can like put that out there shout out to gemini inc who does a lot of great job for in the community yeah for sure like and, and that's what i mean is it's this this sort of divorcing of of the community where it's like no we are the community and we have to raise each other up we have to look out for each other and and because police are not a band-aid but we act like they are like we can call them for i mean this this is why we, you know we act like they're surgeons yeah. but they are a band-aid on a severed limb that's yeah. all it is and 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 we we send them for the most menial things and again it's wasting their time and like damn let that let them not be out here trying to crack the case of your you know 80 dollars cd collection out your car yeah like, does it suck? Absolutely. No one is saying that having your car window broken into so that your iPad got stolen doesn't suck. Mm -hmm. Like, it sucks. But damn it, like, do we need, all, you know, more law enforcement on this or, you know? Well, do, do the, the question is, like, not do we need more law enforcement on this, right? Because, yeah, sure, still find your fucking iPad. But the question is, like, when the iPad is found, does that person need to go through the entire process of being booked and going to jail and waiting for a trial and taking up the judge's time and, like, everything that happens when they could just be fined, you mm -hmm. know? And either pay that fine or that fine goes into debt. Like that has its own legal ramifications yeah. that go on and on and on if you don't take care of these fines that you are given. Right. Just do it. I think the biggest problem with this proposition is the fact that it is bundled as a bundle package. Mm -hmm. It is an all or nothing deal. You can either vote for everything that we've been talking about or you can vote against everything that we've been talking about when honestly each one of these sections should have been its own proposition. And I think that there was a push to make that happen. And um, I only skimmed the surface of what that battle went, but that got shut down real quick. And I do think a, this is very much a ploy to make sure that it doesn't go through because you'll have people that look at it and say like, well, I agree with, one, two, and three, but I don't know about four. And my disagreement with four outweighs my agreement with one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. So kill it all. And even if it fails, let me say this. I, I, I'm, I'm not against big ideas failing. 
I'm I'm against big ideas never getting brought to the table. Mm -hmm. And Mm so I'm happy this is on the table. If it I'm going to vote for it. If it doesn't pass, I'm not going to be butthurt. And I'm not going to be like, this is the worst fucking thing that could have happened because I completely agree with you. It should have been done separately. A lot of these these ideas could have been put up for a vote differently, but they weren't. And this is where we are. And. You know what, Ron? You're welcome on the pod to explain why. Why you're against it. Yeah. How do we feel about Ron? Yeah. Okay, this may get me in trouble in San Antonio. I know. I don't particularly like Ron. Mm-hmm. But it's not because I don't think he tries. I think Ron Ron came in at this really weird time where there was a lot of people who were against Ivy Taylor. Do you remember Ivy Taylor? No. So Ivy Taylor was one of the first black women mayors in the country. Uh-huh. And she was the mayor of San Antonio. Okay. She was handpicked by the mayor prior to her, which was Julian Castro, who mm-hmm. went on to do other things. Yes. Um, a big part of the controversy around Ivy Taylor, because I actually thought politically and sort of in terms of the the items that she was going for was good. But one of the big hangups that that people had against her, and it's ultimately why she lost to Ron, was because she was seen as sort of anti-LGBTQ. And she really, in my opinion, she wasn't. She was just very, very Christian. Mm. And she was like, look, people can do what they want. It's not I don't agree with it. But just even saying, like, I don't agree with it got her really hard canceled canceled in the hearts and minds of a lot of people mm. a lot of lgbtq activists started you know uh rallying against her mm-hmm. uh for someone like ron and i'm not mad at that again democracy is important and if you know enough people are like not ivy let's go ron sure but since then i think ron does a lot to be performative mm. and it feels good because I feel like San Antonio is a city where we want more things that feel good, especially in the national discourse. So like having our rainbow painted, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Crosswalk mm-hmm. over by the gay strip. It just feels good. Or having vocab's poem, uh, you know, v- for during Black Lives Matter marches around Travis Park feels good and it looks good. It's good optics. And I think Ron is very good at optics. Mm-hmm. But as far as like when it's like pedal to the metal, Ron, we need you. Mm. I don't know if he's always there for the, for the hood. Mm. Interesting. Uh, I did vote for Ron. Oh, I uh, do. I'm going to probably vote for Ron again. Yeah, because it's always Ron versus a conservative, and also because it. I think I think Ron is definitely a true moderate. Fair in a in, in a sense, and I'm not mad at that. You know, I I. Uh, like like we've said many times in the past, you know, like we consider we me. I'm just going to speak for me. I consider myself an independent, and then there's certain aspects of each political party that I like ag- and dislike. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, which we've had many conversations about how a two party system serves no one, uh, and so Ron definitely feels like that to me. In that. He kind of like sits in the middle and can see both sides of things and move things along and people feel good and things get passed. And I was actually a little shocked that he came out against this. Just it, it felt off brand. Especially during the whole Trump COVID years where Ron was getting talked about nationally for going against mm-hmm. A lot of reopenings, a lot of in Texas specifically going against Greg Abbott, Mm -hmm. pushing back hard on masks. Especially if your origin story, as you were saying, is championing 
championing marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, like protecting abortion rights is on the table and decriminalizing a infraction that predominantly targets black and brown people when your city is San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Politically, I think Ron, this is complete speculation, but politically, I, you are welcome on the pod. If you want to clarify, clear this shit up, Ron. Politically, I think Ron is very much afraid of getting lumped in with like an AOC type mm. where he's seen as almost too radical mm-hmm. because I think that would be sort of the, the, the nail in the coffin for some of the conservative supporters or some of those independent moderate voters that he gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I think he, he toes a conservative line from time to time or something like prop a, which I think he understands this isn't like it's, it, this it, isn't it. Right. It, it should have been different bills. It should have, there was a different way to go about it for sure. But. And that keeps them in their good graces. Uh-huh. And, and I think that's how he politically maneuvers. But I think in, in my opinion, again, I'm probably a horrible political strategist, <laughs> but you're uh, no Bill O'Reilly, especially that's for after sure. two tequilas or however many. Yeah. Uh, I think like the whole getting labeled a radical is sort of the the most childish, ridiculous thing to ever be afraid of because it's just this really wide stretching casting net that means nothing. And if you have the hearts of voters uh, because they see the actions that you do, that should speak louder than any sort of just random branding of, of, of this idea of being scared of being labeled as woke. It's also these weird Joe Rogan podcaster types <laughs> and comedians for some reason who just I don't get it. It's like they 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 turn their eyes against criticism, I think. And, and I feel like. There's this weird repulsion towards the behaviors and attitudes of other people. But this is the thing that I'll never understand about someone like Joe Rogan. Like, bro, if you feel like doing a thousand push-ups a day, a thousand sit-ups a day, punching a heavy bag, watching UFC fight, podcasting for eight hours, and earning your millions and millions of dollars is the way that everyone should live in your life, that's fantastic. You know, preach that to the mountaintops but at the same time like people who want to examine life differently or empathetically or be more open to these things it's not up for debate for for someone like you because you're not an expert and he love and and i think that's where the people in the middle really do fall in between the cracks because every day i feel like i see the education system eroding uh, as this bedrock for just basic common knowledge shit. Mm-hmm. And th- and now you have these individuals who feel like, well, I did my research, but their research is a conspiracy theory that led them to another conspiracy th- theory that led them to a deeper conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. And no one wants to just trust experts anymore or mm-hmm. experts of any field. It's, it's, it's just this whole kind of pushback against, uh, a baseline normalcy mm-hmm. that's always and, and you see it in the pushback that that NPR has gotten. We all talked yeah. about it last week. We we're like we we trust NPR. That's where we get our news. But NPR has somehow been labeled this like leftist news organization when where they literally just tell a story as it is. Yeah, they don't have like nearly any opinion pieces. Yeah. And to be to be very clear about where I stand on things. I've never sit, listened to a single syllable that Seth wrote, Joe, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Seth Rogan, different person. Joe Rogan has ever said. I have no idea what that motherfucker is. 
I hate Fox News because of how slanted that it portrays the news. I hate MSNBC sure. because of how slanted that it portrays the news. I tolerate CNN because it kind of sort of for the most part lies in a, in a neutral position, but not always. Right. So the fact that an organization like NPR that is literally just reporting the facts without any kind of like emotional slant or bias to it has been pushed so hard against because you just don't like what they're reporting? I disagree. Well, no, I think this is why they push against NPR specifically. We're living in this time of radicalize or die. And mm. and and what's funny is I I, I know like like the Joe Rogans and others love to say like we're li everyone's divided, everyone's divided, but it's literally because of this You're weird, dividing them. There's this tribalism that's happening and so like because an NPR isn't clearly on one side or the other, they're seen as weak and they, they come after them. I think this is why community colleges are under attack, why the education system <laughs> is under attack because they're literally trying to find any weak spot to bring down something that doesn't serve their partisan or their mm -hmm. polarized sides of this this thing called democratic democratic america this experiment called democracy they can veil and you know i i i would love to say that i, I people if anyone listens to this and you lean in either direction fine uh understand that People on the other side have their reasons, too. They're not fucking idiots. And the only way democracy works is if we hammer it out. And I think we're at this point where hammering it out is hard work mm -hmm. and people don't want to do that. And it's easier to have other people do that for you. And that's what Trump embodies. That's what a Tucker Carlson embodies. Someone who's hammering the shit out for me because I'm on this side and they don't care how fucking far off the right edge of the cliff they go mm -hmm. they're just fine with it yeah yeah unfortunately uh either way we do encourage you to vote san antonio vote get out there oh yeah uh, with, wherever you lie on this issue uh i will judge you but <laughs> i will not suppress your vote and i will not stop you from voting because we do still somehow believe in this idea of democracy and we hope that we get there one day <sighs> let's move on because a lot happens online. Yeah. And that's how we get our news these days, most of us, is by what we see on social media. So this is How Much for a Gram, a couple of things that we saw online and need to comment on. Let's go. Some good things, some, you know, not so good things. <laughs> uh, so a lot of times we, uh, we find these news uh, interesting uh, through social media. Um, I think I want to start here and then we'll kind of work backwards. Sure. So in, there was a Dutchman who apparently fathered, you put it down as 55 kids. It was not 55 kids. It was over 500 kids. Oh, oh, I was missing a zero. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and to be clear, this was not a man that had sex with over 500 women. This was a sperm donor. This was a sperm donor who, yes, after he... Uh, 550 children worldwide. Uh, he, a guy apparently just named Jonathan, 41 years old, uh, was 
trying to scam the uh, fertility clinics that he was donating oh, at. Oh, he was scamming them. In okay. the sense that, like, they have rules on this, and they uh-huh. say you're only allowed to not father more than 25 children in 12 different families. Uh, but he started misinforming a lot of these uh, parents and places uh, where he was dropping loads inventory. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, and has helped produce 550 to 600 children since uh, 2007. Johnny Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed, indeed. <laughs> uh, but now, according to the courts, he can be fined more than 100,000 euros if he tries to donate again. Um, that's an expensive load. That's... That is some serious commitment to continuing your lineage. I don't. I like, guess here, I, I there's a lot of different ways we can tackle this. I know. Uh, first, would you ever want to have 550 kids out there? I mean, it sounds like he has legal barriers against his kids actually being his kids. If yeah. this is the route that he took, so is he really a father? Sure. Or is this more about... It's the most passive Genghis Khan move I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this some, like, colonization, you know, continuing of the bloodline kind of... Uh... There's some towns in Texas with less people than he's fathered. <laughs> and, I mean, that's remarkable in and of itself. Yeah. The, uh, but also the commitment, like, to have contributed... So much. People to the earth. And also people to have elected his his donation. His donation profile, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It said, Jonathan, 41 years old. I like his stats. He graduated high school. I like his IQ level. 3.8 grade point average. Doesn't seem to have any genetic disorders. Yeah, he's got an associate. So that's my question. Like, was, was there more, like... Was it actually him portraying himself as him every time? Was there some fraud that has gone we into may, this? I wonder if we have to bring on an expert at some point to answer this question. And maybe this is like a two-part pod where we, <laughs> we bring it up again later and look into this a little further. Because my question is, is like, yeah, like do sperm clinics do background checks on uh-huh. the person? Because if uh-huh. I go in and I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a degree from Harvard. Can they call? They can't call Harvard. Can, can they? they? I don't know. I'm so intrigued. Right. So he clearly, you know, boosted his stats Uh enough to where uh, close to 600 people were like, yeah, give me that. That's that sperm. Yeah. That's uh, exemplifying some 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 pretty giant gaps in the, you know, IVF system. So. Be careful where you where you get your sperm, people. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I think we need more information. I think we might come back to this and do a little deep dive. If you have any info, like you work in the industry, yeah, uh, shoot us an email at after two tequila shots at gmail.com. That's after the number two tequila shots at gmail.com. I'm genuinely curious. You know, as someone who is in a homosexual relationship and cannot have children of our own without going through some sort of like medical avenue that requires a a, a surrogate, a donation of sorts. 
I want more information on this. It's got to be safe out there, people. That's right. The I want to know where where, where my, my where my children are coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's move on from this because I think we're going to put a pin in this and maybe come back to it. Let's switch gears to the twenty five uh, best restaurants, uh, as reported by what Mike a- Sutter. Yes. Mike Sutter of the San Antonio Express News has released his top twenty five restaurants in San Antonio, from Italian to French and Chinese to barbecue, brunch and beyond. Here are the best places to eat right now including the new number one so here's here's how i thought we should go through this okay i'm just gonna go through and say the name of the restaurant one what kind of cuisine do you think it is and then smash your paths got it so coming in at number 25 savor uh i'm gonna say that that is american food I'm going to agree. Overpriced ribeye. Over, okay, yeah, for sure. That's what I'm feeling. And I'm going to say smash. I've never had it. I'm going to say pass because it's an overpriced ribeye and I can probably cook it better. Mm. Oh, should I give you the address too? Nah. No, you don't want to know where it's located? No. Nah, because that could influence it. I'm good. Okay. All right. Coming in at number 24. No, I'm going to push back. We're going to do the address because right. I think where it's located is going to give an indication as to the kind of restaurant that it could be. Fair. So Savor was located at the Pearl. I mean, I could have guessed that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Garcia's Mexican Food located on Fredericksburg. I'm going to say pass. Pass. Yeah, I don't trust. Listen, San Antonio has probably some of the best taco spots per capita. And I know I hear you, Laredo. I love you, Laredo. <laughs> But we're just bigger than you. So per capita, (laughs) we have more. We do. I'm going to stand by my previous statement that if the name of the Mexican restaurant does not have a number in it. Straight up. There you go. It needs to be Taqueria Jalisco number seven. That proves that six of them were successful beforehand. Uh, Coming in at number 23, Mr. Juicy on San Pedro Avenue. I have heard of Mr. Juicy. It's a burger spot, right? Oh, okay. I don't know. I believe it's a burger spot, and I believe uh, it looks they, like a burger. They get uh, good reviews. I'm gonna say smash. I'm gonna go for uh, if if your burger is juicy, I want it. Okay, uh, number twenty two, upscale on Alamo Street. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna uh, say pass that because uh, I will spend money on a on a ribeye at Savor, but I think on Alamo Street at uh, a place called Upscale, eat. No. I think you're trying to be more than you actually are. I'm going to agree on the pass. And I think I've heard of that place. Yeah, it's it's awful. I think that's in Southtown. It's a seafood place. Nah, I'm pass. Okay. Double pass. All right. Uh, number 21, Dashi Sichuan Kitchen. Oh, that's and bar. a hard smash. On Thousand Oaks Drive. Yeah. No. So here's the thing, though. You and I have had this conversation, and this is vital to the pod, to anyone mm-hmm. who is, is is maybe intending on coming to San Antonio or those who live in San Antonio. Never take San Antonio Chinese food recommendations <laughs> from San Antonians. We had a tragedy last week. We didn't talk it about it on the pod, but Chinese tragic. food was brought to the house, and it was tragic. Very, very tragic. Okay, so. Um, this place I've actually seen on Instagram. I follow them. Shout out to Dashi. Y'all are welcome on the pod. Uh, their food looks amazing. I'm looking at a picture. Yeah, where they're located at, I think they're out of what I'll call the fake news Chinese food San Antonio ah. nucleus. Um, and it it looks adventurous, and, and 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 I think that's important. Good Chinese food should look or or like adventurous in the sense that it's like I don't even know what this is, but y'all put a lot of heart into it. I'm gonna eat it. 
and human lamb, see? eggplant fritters, Let's whole fried fish. Go. Yeah, this looks good. All right, all right. I'm liking this. Follow list. them on Instagram. They're great. There you go. Uh, Lodino on Grayson Street at the Pearl. Nah, pass. Because what, uh, what kind of food do we think it I'm is? A, I'm gonna say that's Italian food. I'm pretty sure it's not bad, but uh, I, the best Italian food in San Antonio is La Focaccia in Southtown. Okay, what if I told you that it was Mediterranean food? Uh, best Mediterranean food is in the medical center over off of Evers and 410 uh, in that area. Mm. Go to Pasha. Go to uh, to that whole region. A little, yeah. little Mediterranean. Yeah. I don't even, uh, yeah, that's the spot. And again, because it's located at the Pearl, it's like I could get the same food, same, same quality mm -hmm. for probably a quarter of the price. Hell yeah. Uh, just down the street. Cappy's Restaurant on Broadway. Cappy's on Broadway. I'm going to say it is a... Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> that I'm, gives us nothing. Okay, yeah. the picture that they uh, have sent with it is um, Eggs Benedict is what it looks like. Very uh, fancy Eggs Benedict. Okay, I'm gonna say pass. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna smash. Okay. Um, and you said it's on Broadway? On Broadway. Broadway, for those who don't know, if you're a San Antonio native, there's some really good um Comfort food is Comfort what it's food called. places, but on Broadway, like mm -hmm. the Hyden, I recommend the Hyden. Okay, the Hyden. We'll see if it makes an appearance on this list. This yeah. thing has Mustang chicken, duck liver pate, and mm. six kinds of eggs Benedict for brunch. I'm here for it. I'm a pass. I love a good brunch. Coming in at number 18, and no surprise, Cullum's Attaboy. Oh, yeah, no. We're going to smash. Smash. You want some good burgers? You want some good meat? You want some just good good American food? Cullum's Attaboy. Get, get you some. Coming in at number 17, Meadow Nation. Neighborhood eatery and bar on Bitters Road at the alley. You know what? I'm gonna say smash only because of the location. So Bitters and uh, the, the alley, alley. That's over kind of by the airport. It's it's a very I don't even know how to describe this to the listener. It's like not the suburbs. It's like where people who work maybe downtown can't afford to live downtown need an apartment uh -huh. and it's and it's up and coming and there's some really good spots out there that are sprouting i'm gonna say smash it says here's the city's best cornbread the comfort of fried chicken and biscuits a brunch with banana pecan french toast and a dinner of roasted pork loin with turnip puree um it sounds intriguing. It's soul food. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It sounds intriguing, but it feels like it's more expensive because you got your tomatoes at Sprouts instead of H-E-B. Actually, I'm going to push back on that. If it's off bitters, I'm pretty sure they got H-E-B tomatoes. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. It, I, I'll put it on the maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Allura. I'm going to say hard pass only because I think I may have dated someone named Allura. Allura? Alora. Alora on Pearl Parkway at oh, the Credit Human Hell Building. No. Nope. Mount. That's uh, where you take someone when you need to break up. <laughs> yep. The fanciest dinner. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, what about Southern? Coming in at number fifteen. Oh, Southerly. Southerly Fine Food and Brewery. We rock with Southerly. Yep. That's a that's a smash. Haven't tried it. That picture of fish looks great. Yeah, they're legit. I'll take your word on it. Celo Terrace Oyster Bar on Interstate I-10. I'm here for an oyster bar. I'm just going to throw yeah, it out there. I'm going to say pass, but that's because of my fat, uh, seafood politics. Okay. We, yeah, that's right. We discovered that on this podcast, and I am very sad. Aldo's Restaurante Italiano. Aldo's, that's a smash. 
Is it? I've, I don't, have I've, you been I've there? never eaten there, but I've heard nothing but always great, good stuff and reasonably priced. It's coming in at number 13, so we yeah. are close to the top 10. All right. What Co- else? Coming in at number 12, the Magpie on Houston Street. I'm going to say uh, pass. What kind of food do we think it is? I'm going to say weird white people Southern food. It's Korean food. Ooh. Crispy pork belly with fennel and appetizer. Okay. Tofu braised and tangy mag soy. I was very wrong, and I apologize, Magpie, but I'm going to still pass. Uh, yeah. The best Korean food, Chong's off of uh, uh, 410 and Marbok. Yo, mm-hmm. they're awesome. And the thing I love is that Chong, the, the lady who runs it, is an asshole. Like <laughs> she like dude. We she, talked about this. Like the ooh. best, the best yeah. like Chinese food, Korean Jamaican food, food in yeah. San Antonio Certain has a places. three and a mm-hmm. half Three and a half star rating on Yelp. Yelp. Why? Because the food is amazing, but the service is trash. Yeah. And you keep going back because you know, like it's just so fucking good. Yeah. Coming in at number eleven, I've eaten here multiple times. It's a hard smash. 2M Smokehouse. Oh yeah, hard on the smash. east side. Yeah, you want good. All right, quick tangent on a on a personal story. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened. I have family in Indianapolis, and I have family in the Netherlands. Wow. The family in the Netherlands was going to fly to Indianapolis, and then they were going to road trip their way down from Indiana to Laredo, and so they were coming through San Antonio. And my mother calls me and was like, "I want to take them out to get." You know, good Texas food. Yeah. You know, because in Laredo, we're going to give them Mexican food. Yeah. So I don't yeah, want, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. want them to eat Mexican Scale food. Scale of one to 10, what's the best uh, barbecue in Laredo? Does it exist? It's fine. It's good. It's good. Okay. It, with, the homie Chris has better insight. That's on true. I don't eat barbecue in Laredo. Ah, okay. Fair. So we went to 2M Smokehouse, which is on the east side. Mm-hmm. It's a solid 30 minute drive mm-hmm. out through. The barrios of the east side. Yeah. My family was very confused on the drive out there. Like, where are you taking us? And I'm like, I'm taking you to where the authentic fucking food is. When you go for good food in San Antonio and you take the drive, because it's usually a drive. Yeah. You realize how big San Antonio is. Yeah. And it is an adventure where you're like, man, I didn't even know this side of the town existed. Yeah. But yes, continue. And then we get there. And then I realize my family from Indiana and my family from the Netherlands does not know what it means to go to a barbecue place. Mm. They are staring at this menu being like, wait, so we order here? Mm-hmm. Do we sit down? No, we don't sit down. Do they bring it What by the pound? How many pounds should I get? They are so confused yeah. by the concept of barbecue, yeah. which was so interesting for me to watch. Uh, and then we all order, we get our food, and everyone has nothing but glowing re- glowing reviews because 2M Smokehouse is where it's at. Smashaholic. Smash all the... Oh, that picture made me so hungry. Number 10, coming into the top 10 on Presa Street Farm Table with a PH. With a I PH. believe I've been there. That's like a... If I'm not mistaken, that's a uh, farm to table. Very healthy. A lot of greens. They do some like roast chicken... Um, I'm going to say pass though. I wasn't really impressed. I'm going to say pass just because of everything that you just said. No. And the fact that they felt the need to pH spell. their farm. Yeah. No, that's fair. Hard pass. 
Number nine, the Jerk Shack. Jerk Shack forever. Always. Hard smash. Yes. Smash that shit. Get Look down at those here wings. and get some. Ugh. Jerk Shack, I'm so mad because <laughs> I think they closed down their west side spot because they got this new spot off 151. Yeah, Texas 151. Uh, and I hate it because it was, it was in the hood. That's how good it was. It was this lone Jamaican shack. In the hood, uh-huh. and like they were selling out by two p.m. almost every day. That's right. It was a sweaty little West Side walk-up Hell stand, yeah, it was. making Jamaican jerk chicken and pork oxtails and Jamaican Their beef patties. Oxtails were sick. Man. Now they have moved to a new space near SeaWorld. <laughs> They're winning awards. They're getting the recognition. And they have air conditioning. They do. Yeah, <laughs> salute to them. Yeah. Yes, best fried chicken in San Antonio, the Jerk Shack. Go check it out. Cured. Oh, yeah. Cured is a smash. I don't want to be there because of where it's located. Uh, and the Pearl. Be- yeah. Yeah. It's not worth what being. What is it? Tell us more. Oh, James Beard nominated. Yeah. It's it's a meat. I think you might really like it. Actually, I think it might be a hard smash for you. I think we'll it's it. a sort of super meat. <clears throat> they cook <clears throat> their meat. They braise their meat. They smoke their meats. <laughs> Uh, they, it's a lot of like fancy charcuterie, but also like all meat dishes. Mm. Uh, it's very lovely, but it's like smack in the middle of the pearl. It's always crowded. It's always full of asshole tourists. <laughs> I hate going. Um, yeah. This sounds like a date night. Go, if you go there for a date, go there. If I think they're open for lunch. Go there for lunch on okay. on and get like there a early. Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Coming in at number seven, Bohannon's Prime Steak and Seafood Big on Houston smash. Street. Big smash. Have you been? Uh no, but I've heard a lot about them and they are legit. That lobster and steak looks really good. Okay. Uh coming in at number six, Bliss on Presa Street. I've passed Bliss uh through Southtown because it's across the street from Liberty Bar, I mm. believe. Um I'm gonna say smash. I need to try it. It's a soft smash. I, I be, it feels like a pass to me, just because it feels like it's gonna be overpriced for what I'm actually getting. Yeah. No, it's an ambiance place. The best time to uh-huh. go to Bliss is actually when they're like first Friday or a weekend. It's a date night. That's a date mm-hmm. night spot where you don't feel like oh, okay, I'm in the Pearl, uh-huh. and it's nice. It's very neon. It's it's Southtown. Yeah, I don't know. Southtown feels very pretentious, hipster esque. It's fake. Um, what's that street in Houston, uh, where avant garde is? Montrose. It's fake Montrose. Is it fake Montrose? That's what I'm thinking. It gives me more like wannabe South Congress Austin. Okay, that too. Sure, Do but you- I also think that they're similar in that like you have like. For though anyone not from San Antonio, <laughs> Southtown is south. We're speaking in Texas code right yeah, now. <laughs> very San Antonio code too. It's south of downtown. It was a sort of gentrified neighborhood area that has since become uh, the off downtown tourist place. So there's mm-hmm. some. There are some really good bars. Shout out mm-hmm. to Liberty Bar. I fuck mm-hmm. with Liberty Bar. I fuck with uh, Bar America. is great, and they have some good wings too. You need to go check it okay. out. Okay, because we're wing people. We are. We're wingies. Um, but then I you just d- made that term up. Wingies. I fuck with it. Uh, but then you. Have have like the friendly spot zone that bliss zone um, and sort of that area where i've been to the friendly spot yeah, yeah and that's kind of now become more like casual affluent if that's a thing yeah where everyone's wearing like janglas and like 
Uh, I work in tech and so I make yeah. good money, but I'm also like casual about my life. I like I don't work at a bank. Yeah. In a lot of IPA drinking. I just, I don't know. It just, it illuminated our eyes. So there's a whole corner of San Antonio that like we completely don't interact with. No, there's a lot of corners in San Antonio you <laughs> don't interact with. I'm going to take you one day. Like, I know for a fact, like we need to go to the 281 Stone Oak area. Uh-huh. That's where some shit is good. Oh, yeah. No, but we don't belong there. They, and they know we don't belong there. Yeah. 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 Which is always fun. Like that's the thing about San Antonio. It's such a big city, but it feels like such a small town because it's so easy to just stay in your radius mm-hmm. of sorts. Coming in at number five. Okay, top five. Clementine on Military Clementine, Highway. absolute smash. Shout out to the homie Amaris who used to work at Clementine. Okay. Uh, I think she lives in Mexico now. I want to say it's almost like French cuisine style with like some certain Southern touches, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, but they're, uh, from what I've heard, amazing. They're in Castle Hills. Do yeah. not speed in Castle Hills. Don't speed in Castle Hills. They there are certain areas ass. of San Antonio where you will always get a speeding ticket. No. Uh, Southern infused menu that changes with the seasons. Also, shout out to Battalion. Yeah, Battalion. Uh, where the homie Travis works. Mm-hmm. And and Brando. Yeah. Clones 3K. Italian inspired. Fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. Fucking delicious. We'll tag y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And play this when y'all are uh, prep cooking. All right. Shout out to the prep cooks. That's right. Shout out to, I know all y'all are on cocaine. <laughs> Number four. Bar Loretta on Beer Guard Street? I think I've heard of this place. I think it's newer, if I'm not mistaken. I could be completely wrong. Uh, I'm going to say Smash. It's top five. Uh, it's top five. James Beer celebrated. It looks fine. I'm a taste of New York in Southtown. I'll give it a smash. I'll give it Soft a... Soft smash. I'll give it a... Somebody pay for me to go there. <laughs> Number three. Top three. Braseri. Mon Chow Chow. One thousand percent smash. French. They apparent their brunch is like legendary. Did I pronounce that correctly? Bronze, Brassier Mon Chow Chow. Okay. Yes. They are a French inspired place in Southtown. They are in the worst located part of, of the Pearl. Mm. Not Southtown, I'm sorry, the Pearl. Uh-huh. Um, but it looks beautiful. The thing I hate about the Pearl is how the ambiance of the Pearl is so like just designed for tourists to come in Uh and like have that experience of like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. San Antonio is amazing, but this is not what like the Pearl really embodies. I think as a culture of what San Antonio is, Yeah. but Brasier Mon Chow Chow is like this weird corner of a, of a space and it really looks like a French bistro with amazing food. I'm dying to go there, but I'm, 99% 99% sure it's expensive as shit. It probably is because I'm looking at a, a str- dinner might include classic straight steak fri- frites? Frites? Frites. frites, a strong vieux carré cocktail, and scallops with lobster served on a half shell like a Renaissance birth of Venus. Mm-hmm. Sounds expensive. Number two. Mixedly. I've heard of Mixedly. I on Alamo Street. Past Mixedly. I don't trust Mixedly. I didn't know they had food at Mixedly. I'm going to still say <laughs> pass on Mixedly. Mixedly is this weird um Progressive mezcal. Mexican cuisine. Yes. Yeah. And I believe they're big on mezcal. And it's weird because 
So actually, here's a good say or, or uh, tangent. Go. How do you feel about uh, the the rise of the the hidden bar or the speakeasy in in club outgoing culture now? The rise of the hidden bar. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So, so there's like I'm noticing it in places like Houston. I'm noticing it, it's been in New York for a while and L.A. for mm-hmm. a while. Um, but it's starting to be here in San Antonio where it's like you have these bars that are like sort of more discreet, quiet. You need to know someone when you pass, you could easily pass by mix mixly and not know like what's okay. going on in there. Um, you're like, is that a bar? It looks like a bar. So uh, that's not what I want right now. I didn't know they sold food and everything I knew about them was they were like a mezcal bar. Oh. Um, but then you also have like the hidden bars. So like, if you go to a place like smoke, they have a secret room that takes you to another like bar. If you go to Ocho on or no, uh, Havana. Did you just say Ocho? No, there's a place called Ocho. Yeah. Ocho. Ocho. Not Ocho. Not Ocho. <laughs> yeah. I fucked up. Uh, they were, but there's, there's, there's Hotel Havana that has a restaurant and bar area that's beautiful. Uh-huh. And then there's the little Ocho bar, if I'm not mistaken, that's subterranean. Oh. And it looks like this weird death cult place that they may murder you. Okay. But it's not bad. Like, it's great. You're going to spend a lot of money, but I feel like you end up spending way more money because of these little secret places. I'm going to say pass on Miss Lee. It's just probably hella way more expensive I'm, than I want to I'm looking at the picture and uh, reading, skimming through it. It definitely feels like the fine dining experience where you're going to have a plate brought to you and it's going to have, you know, a very small, tiny amount of food on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say I will visit it once every 10 years sort of deal. Um, it is not what I would necessarily promote to folks Mm -mm. that are coming to San Antonio. I would send them to Wayne's Wings. Yeah. Real quick. Go to Wayne's Wings. Get your wings. Enjoy it. Yes. Go to 2M. All that jazz. You want something fine dining? Go to Clementine because there's parking. There's no parking by (laughs) me. If it's busy, like, no. Uh, One day, maybe I would like to check it out. All right. That was number Number two. two. Number one. Number one in all of San Antonio. Shiro Japanese Bistro on Jones Avenue. Never heard of it. I'm going to go ahead and say smash because uh, if they if they crack the number one, if they crack the top five like this, uh, I I think there's I will say this. For some reason, we, we mentioned it earlier. Chinese food in San Antonio is usually not good. Mm. Japanese food, uh, Indian food, uh, Pakistani food. Always. Is fire Mediterranean food fire? Mm-hmm. Uh, Thai food fire. Uh, so I'm gonna go with it. I would love to try this. My two favorite of food uh, genres cuisines. out the world <laughs> cuisines. Yeah. My two favorite like food cuisines are. I was really into Jap- Japan cooking, but then they kind of you know changed in the eighties <laughs> and went more electro, and then that's when I stopped eating it. Yeah, is Southern food. Like American Southern food sure. and Japanese food. Yeah. Those are my two favorites. So I will absolutely love to try this. Uh, it seems amazing. It is number one. Tuna with caviar and lotus root chips and a DIY hand roll with Horton. Mm-hmm. Give it to me more. Give it to me more. Give it to me often. Is there a restaurant that's not on this list that you would uh, highly recommend? Yeah, Wayne's Wings. Actually, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. And actually, I would say Cullum's Girl over Cullum's Attaboy. 
I don't think you're wrong. Uh, yeah. So Cullum's Attaboy is like burgers. Um, it's that, like more restaurant-y. Yeah. They have like a, they have a, a thorough menu. Cullum's Attagirl is basically just wings. And some, and then those weird bologna sandwiches. There's a weird bologna sandwich. Yeah. Uh, but which is fine. People love them. They're great. Yeah. Because it's more like, it's not even a pub. It's almost, it's like a refurbished deli mm-hmm. that is now part deli, part wing place. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It I I stand Columns at a girl, and I I'm sad I don't frequent it more often. Okay. I love a uh, smoke uh, smoke shack smoke shack off of uh, Broadway. Smoke shack is good. Smoke shack is good. Uh, we recently discovered not recently discovered because my husband knew of this place. Uh, Front yard barbecue. Uh, where is that? Located? It is off. I not. It is on Marbach Road. Ew, yes, I've heard of it. Never been. It is straight up a food truck. Mm-hmm. And we went right before the lunch rush started. And it it was a lunch rush. Mm-hmm. As we went, we stood in line. And then all of a sudden, there were like 10 cars in the parking lot that were all coming to order. Their specialty is turkey legs and variations on turkey legs. Nice. So fucking good. I love food. I love going to restaurants. I and and more than being there to say I've been there. Mm-hmm. I genuinely love going to a restaurant to just be there and eat mm-hmm. and be with the people I'm with and spend too much money on wine mm-hmm. and genuinely care about the art that's in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like that's just me. I'm here for just good food. We absolutely are. Let's get yeah. on to our next segment we ask you all to let us know what you want us to talk about so we're gonna wrap up with a you'll get at us or going down in the dms depending on when you started listening to this pod that's what this segment is let's go goes down in the dm let's talk about it so we have a couple of uh items in the dm uh one we already talked about from tdsj we talked about prop a and decriminalization um do you really want to talk about the nba playoffs at all because it's not your jam i don't know the words you just said to me and we will skip that no 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 no, no, but like go into it go into it for like half a second so in the nba playoffs some interesting things have happened the first thing that happened was the miami heat who were a play-in team, meaning they didn't necessarily qualify to be in the playoffs, so mm. they had to play to get in. Oh, and then like play. a last-chance slam yeah, sort of exactly. deal. But okay. they had to do two. Okay. Made it to the playoffs. They knocked off the top dog, <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks, Okay, and knocked them out. Well, bitch, if you lost, you lost. Straight up. Okay. And so shout out to Jimmy Buckets. We stand Jimmy Buckets on this pod. Always welcome. Uh, so that's one. The other thing was the seventh ranked L.A. Lakers uh, headed by LeBron James, mm-hmm. who is, I believe, 39 years old. Okay. Uh, playing tw- year 20, if I'm not mistaken. A, a very, very long time in the league. Uh-huh. He should not be playing to this degree he needs at this to age. pivot to golf the way michael jordan did absolutely uh knocked off the number two rank the higher rank memphis grizzlies full of a lot of younger players oh. who are very very exceptional but maybe did were didn't have that playoff experience okay and because um, lebron is LeBron. yeah he's lebron um so kudos to that the playoffs are still happening uh if i had to pick a, a team to win it all I think now that Milwaukee's out, because that was probably my initial pick, I'm going to say it's going to be a finals between the Philadelphia 76ers. Shout out to Philly. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to probably say the Phoenix Suns. Oh, okay. 
And uh, we can just leave it at that and we can walk away. Just Because I have no idea yeah, what you are just, talking just about. Literally away. no idea what just you are talking about. Away. I have not been following the playoffs. I don't watch basketball. Are the Spurs involved? No. Okay, then I don't care. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing uh, that we got in the BMs comes also from Jaron and also from uh, the homie core. Uh, River City Rumble. We Let's did talk that about last it. Last week. Let's talk about it. Wednesday uh, to close out National Poetry Month, the blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah poetry spot, Write Art Out Inc. Uh, that we are a part of. Uh, you're a director of. I'm the executive director of uh, and have been wait, for a wait, long wait, time. Wait, can we, can we Round can of applause. We say that one more time. Yeah. Directors. We do this stuff. Community stuff. Community organizers in the house. To cap off National Poetry Month, we started last year the River City Rumble, which is a high value cash award slam competition. Individual slam. Individual slam competition. uh, A one day thing, uh, about 16 to 18 poets, and they come from all around Texas. I think it was great. I think it was a fantastic show. The turnout was fire from beginning to end. Yeah, I would agree. It was an exceptional performance, um, an exceptional show. I had the privilege to bout manage the show. And if uh, anyone wants to hire me to bout manage your show, like, please do, because she's a professional. Yeah, All right? totally. We kept it. We kept it tight. We kept it run. I'm sorry a judge left. I vetted the judges. They were not supposed to leave. They knew not to leave. Any who... Um, we had a great time. And what was, I think my favorite part about it all was that the poets had a great time, mm-hmm. regardless of like where they placed or like what the outcome was. All of them just enjoyed the experience of being there and the energy that was brought. San Antonio came out and had a great time. The audience was here for us. Uh, I always love having Shaggy host something because yeah. like Shaggy just like keeps it so real. Yeah. And he's a and, different kind of host. Yeah. He's a San Antonio host. Yeah. He speaks yeah. to San Antonio love and him. San Antonio is like, yeah, you are me and I am you. Yeah. So shout out to Shaggy. Always welcome on the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I think it went, I think it went really well. I'm excited for the possibility of transitioning this into a multi-day or multi-event style competition with like workshops and yeah, let it grow. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems like it's fine for growth. Yeah. And, and that was when we started it, what we were looking towards. We, we wanted it to grow, but we didn't want to force growth. Mm -hmm. But this year showed us that growth needs to happen Mm -hmm. because there was a huge response from the Texas poetry community, uh, from poets from all around Dallas, Houston, Austin, Laredo. Shout out to all of y'all uh, to to come and compete. And then, like you were saying, afterwards, I don't think a single poet felt like even if they came in dead last, like they didn't have a good time. Yeah, there was a lot of a comment on poets being like, I haven't felt this way at a slam in a very long time. You know, the, this kind of energy, this kind of excitement, this kind of drive, like it's been a while since like I have felt this competing. And so to come here and do that, I as bout manager, it was my job to like prep the judges and corral the judges and all that jazz to where I had to go back to the judges and be like, remember, Use the whole spectrum. Use of the whole spectrum. Stay true to yourself. Be objective. Be true. I have one judge being like, I just don't know. Everyone is so good. I'm not qualified to be a judge. I'm like, yes, you are. Yeah, the Do talent it. is sick though. Yeah. Like the talent is so sick. And and also, 
I will say this. I think that poetry slams were this very, very, very instrumental piece in what has been the spoken word community f- mm-hmm. for 20, 30 years. Um, there was places that helped people tour and and mm-hmm. and get from one city to the next and earn some money. But I think COVID really brought so much of that just crashing down. Mm-hmm. Um, being in front of people was just difficult at that time. And a lot of poetry venues did not survive. And when we talk about national competitions or regional competitions, there's a lot of pressure on them to be of a certain standard where mm. I, th- I think I, 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 that, you know, you, yes, you have the, the, some really elite competition, but you have so many poets or you have so many events or you have so much happening that it kind of loses what it really was, which was just, you have a rowdy audience, mm-hmm. you have a good fucking host and you have poets who are just really psyched to be there. Yeah. And that's what really makes the river city rumble pop where everyone afterwards hangs out poets you know stay here way too long shout out to alex the great and wayne henry who had to crash at my place you know they got their car towed and they were still happy they, they got were, their car towed yeah. i didn't know no they did they had to crash at my house for a couple hours after they got it out but they were totally happy like still like oh, this is the best and da, da, da. like and i'm just like yeah like thank you so much um so yeah it was fantastic I and thank that- you to for being about manager always Come for the good times. Come for your favorites. Leave with new ones. Um, that was it. That was uh, it. Goes down in the DM, aka. Hey yo, get, get at, at us. us. So let's ao get out of here. Anything uh, upcoming you'd like to share, Chibbert? Uh, no, not anything upcoming. I would like to recap on something that did happen. Uh, we went on a uh, triple couples date yeah. this past week. Evil Dead Rises. Evil Dead Rises. You and your wife, Jr. and Pinto, and then me and my husband went to go see Evil Dead Rises. And I will be totally transparent. I've never seen any of the Evil Dead movies. Mm-hmm. And this was gore at its finest. I had the best time. If you want bloody gore, jaw-dropping horror. Funny. Funny. Slapsticky almost. Yeah. Uh, and not in the way where, like, you're laughing because, like, it's so stupid. Like, you're laughing because it's so out there. Yeah. Uh, you're laughing as a coping mechanism for just how intense this movie is. I'll just, uh, I'm going to recommend Evil Dead Rise. I give it two thumbs up. Here Great. for it. Same. Anything you're looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to summer. My semester is almost <sighs> over. I have like one more official week where I have to go see students. And after that, your boy's going to be just living summer life. That's right. Some of us are going to the lake. Yeah. Maybe we'll go on tour this summer. Who knows? Maybe. We always throw that out there. If you have a city out there that wants us or a venue um, we have group pieces. Yeah, let us know. Uh, you know, like we have we have merch. We have good work. Uh, it could be a fun road trip. Yeah. I don't know. But we're happy, uh, happy for summer. So looking forward to that. I'm so ready to go to the lake, y'all. It's it's it, winter was interesting in that it seemed like it. I mean, even this morning in South Texas, it was 58 it was, degrees. Yeah, it was under 60 degrees in fucking the end of April. I'm never like, never happened. No, it was the storm that just came by. Right. But still, I'm like, it's lake time. 
It's lake time, goddammit. We're going to the lake this week. And it, and I, in a weird way, I feel like we've had a spring, which is kind of very small. Yeah. And it's been very nice. Like, I, even driving today, I was like, damn, it's like green as hell. And Seasons are interesting to me. Yeah. Because, like, I was talking to somebody from Chicago that I was trying to, like, plan something with. And they were like, yeah, I think, you know, by, like, uh, early summer late spring i should be available so like end of july beginning of <laughs> i was like what end of july right we're in the we're in the dead middle of summer by end of july yeah. <laughs> so seasons are so strange and very subjective but uh that was that thank y'all so so much for uh tuning in to us now that we're in double digits, you know, we fancy. That's we, right. You know, I can't go to the store no more. We being flooded. Again, Our DMs are so full. Getting recognized left and right. They're not. Please DM us. Uh, thank you for tuning in to all of our listeners. If there's anything that you want us to talk about, you can always slide into our DMs. Let us know, and we will talk about it next time. Until then, Rooster, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, R-O-O-S-T-M-T-Z. Chibi, where can they find you? You can find me at Gemini's, G-E-M-I-N-E-Y-E-S. And please slide into our DMs or send us an email at after2tequilashots. That's after the number two tequilashots at gmail.com. Let us know what you wanted us to talk about or what you love or don't love. So that's it. Thank you all for tuning in. We out.